Welcome back to Don't Cut a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. Today we are finally approaching a milestone in that we have started reading Redwall, our favorite book of all time, both of us combined. I'm speaking for you, Dan. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> we are we are through the first book, which is just under a third of the way through. So that's mm-hmm. where we've stopped. Mm-hmm. But before I, we get into the book, Luke. Yeah. We, we did talk about this at the start of last book, but I want to circle back because I borrowed this book from the library in like mm-hmm. in like perfect parallel fashion to when I was a young boy reading this book, a young lad, and I would borrow them from the library. I have once again gone to the library to check out a copy of Redwall to read. And Luke, first off, libraries are incredible. Uh, yes. Are they kind of insane as an idea? Um, and by insane, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, like, what? How did we get this? Like, how? Th- it seems too good, honestly. It seems too good. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I agree, I kind of agree with you. I've never actually took taken the time to, like, figure out how it works. Mm, okay. Because, like, I'm assuming that they're not just, like, buying a copy of a book normally (laughs) that does seem like a bad (laughs) can you imagine being an author and like the library is like yeah i'll take one i'll take one is that cool oh right i was i'm assuming a library copy costs like whatever a lot more right like they probably go to the publisher and are like hey can we put this in our library and the publisher's like all right here's here's the price yeah yeah, and it's not like mass market paperback, nine dollars. Right, it's the Canadian price. That's why it's on the back. <laughs> Finally, we figure out why. Um, I do agree; it's very good, especially now that we've started doing eBooks at the library. That's even like and audiobooks. That's even crazier to me. It seems like a hack. Like it seems like a like a we found a cheat code or something. Right. Because right. it feels it, like it feels like it should be illegal. Like it feels entirely like it should not be okay for me to go to a building and say hi. I would like to read, or not even go to a building, right? With an ebook, I just like type in some buttons on a computer, and I'm like, okay, and now I have the ebook. Right? Have you? So okay, did you do the ebook or did you do the physical? I did the physical. Like, did you copy. go into the library? I went. Have into you the library. start? Have you done the electric version of libraries? I have not. It's crazy awesome, okay? Because, like, you just get the app Uh and go through and, like, place a bunch of holds. And maybe some of them are readily available. And then they just, like, come through as they become available. And you don't, like, you don't even go anywhere. It's crazy to me. (laughs) They do this with audiobooks, too. It's awesome. I, like... (laughs) <laughs> this is why this is why jeff bezos back in the 90s he was like hey guys i'm gonna sell books and everybody was like that's not gonna make money what are you talking about there's a lot li- oh, yeah have you heard of the library jeff come on you idiot and jeff's over so here like ah, you fools it's particularly good for like series that have a bunch of books so like 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 the series that we're currently reading i honestly think redwall is like perfect for the library like ecosystem because there's so many books in this universe they're not like super connected yeah and they're all just like cool i remember so so my 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 recent library experience with books, aside from this podcast, has been... Um, have, did you ever read the Drizzt books? No. The R.A. Salvatore Dark Elf character. There's like 32 Drizzt books. And I, I actually, for some reason, had never read them, even though I think they're fairly, they're fairly common. Uh-huh. I mean, there's 32 of them. <laughs> and like... 
for so, like a lot of them are available on the like online library at my library mm-hmm. and i read like six of them back to back it's just like all right i don't know if these are all like like super high-end books but they're enjoyable and i can get them for free at the touch of a button what is happening so it makes me feel like it should be illegal like how is how is that working the other thing that's crazy okay there's, like, movies at the library, too. I don't know how any of it works, Luke, because you right. don't have... Like, I just show up, and I'm like, yeah, I'd like all these things, please. The other day when I was at the <laughs> library... The other day when I was at the library, I was like, is there a limit to how many books I can check out? And they were like, technically, yes, but you will never hit it. And I was like, <laughs> what? They were like, yeah, it's something like over 100. And I was like, you, you're telling me I can go to this library right now and stack up, like, 100 books... And they're just, you're just going to give them to me as long as I bring them back in like a month? <laughs> what? The, the, also the great thing. So, so one big issue with the library previously is that you had to be very care- like, I mean, not super careful to take them back on time because the late fee was like a dime, mm-hmm. but still. Um, whereas now with the online, again, I'm, I'm seeing the virtues of the online version. Mm-hmm. It's just like you get 21 days and then it's out of your account. It's sometimes things are just really good and it's weird to me. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I think this is why it feels weird. It feels very weird that the library exists because it feels too good. I think that's the issue that I'm having. Right. Oh, I, you just gotta enjoy the good things and folks if you're not enjoying your local library you're really missing out yeah just go yeah just go um but i'm glad that you got Redwall for it you might have to you might end up having to uh renew this one mm. if you get three weeks mm-hmm. i probably will actually um but but should we should we get into it yeah we should we should get into Redwall. so book one mm-hmm. in Redwall. And I, I, I think I kind of want to start, Luke. What are your first impressions coming back to this? Because it's been a while for me mm-hmm. with this book. And I'm curious, I'm curious how you feel coming back to it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a long time since I've read any Redwall book. Um, I, I will say it's very clear that it's a kid's book. Interesting. In I- that, like... Just I think just the way that it's written, like the, I don't know. I can tell. I do you disagree? I okay. I agree with you. Like the style feels kind of like a kids book, and just like how characters like talk to each other. I agree with you, but like some of the things that are happening in this kids book feel a mm. little heavy for a kids book, right? And so like it. It's kind of throw me off because I don't remember when I read this as a young person being like, oh, wow, a lot of folks are dying right now. Oh, this is tough. Right. But it's like there's very rarely is like a named character. And like the, the, the dying often, at least for the good guys, seems a little bit more abstract than specific. So like there's a there's a scene where they're doing this little siege and the rats found this move where they could throw up throws I I would forget what it was and it would be like and these ones uh were so like dangerous that whenever they landed they would either kill or maim and it was like oh a lot of people are dying but I don't know who <laughs> okay sure they weren't named which maybe helps a little bit but at one point they described the fact that the rats came into town and eat a, ate a bunch of piglets alive. <laughs> so that feels... I've, I've, I've for some reason brushed past that. Yeah, man. Maybe when I was a kid, I was also brushing past that because I was like, yeah, I don't know what that means. Oh, this is fun. <laughs> Fight with your swords. <laughs> right. But I, re- um, I like specifically wrote that down because I was like, this... Brian in a kid's book? Huh? Yeah. You're having the rats eat other babies alive in a kid's book. Especially that because, is, like, sure, they're animals. But, like, 
they're basically people. Right, in the context of these books, yes. Correct, yeah. And, oh, so you can't just do anything to these creatures. <laughs> you definitely can't do anything. Um, okay, can I tell you the other thing that, that, that jumped out at me? Yeah, yeah. Um, after, like, re- coming back to these, is that the scale... We keep to scale more than I was expecting us to. Like, I knew that there was some difference between, like, let's say, like, mice and badgers. Mm -hmm. I was always like, yep, the badgers are, like, much bigger and, like, better at fighting. Um, And so there's, like, some difference in scale. But I always thought that there were, like, a decent amount of liberties taken to make, like, most of the animals, like, relatively similar in size. Which I think there's some of, but not as much as I remember. Yeah, it feels pretty true to, like, the actual sizes of things. Also, Luke, the... So they catch a fish to have as, like, the meal. And it took me a minute to realize, like, no, this is huge. Like, this fish is, like feeds everybody like this fish is gonna feed everybody at this feast uh, for like a week for a long time <laughs> so regardless of like how they actually landed said fish like how two mice actually like brought a fish close to the bank and right so that the badger could pick it up um i feel like brian does a great job with getting the scale correct for these I, things. yeah exactly yeah, um, I I have I have another note on the scale, but I want to stick with the with the fish a little bit. Okay, yeah, because there's a couple things with this which are crazy. So so this fish is in a pond inside the abbey. Okay, I I think the pond is within the walls. Okay, you might be right. And like, it doesn't seem like this is. It's it's not like oh. They caught the big fish that we've all been observing uh, for a while now. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, they were able to pull pull out one of the fish, and it was a big one. Which leads me to just like, this is a big pond within the abbey. When you How? consider the size of Ooh. the fish in relation yeah. to the mouth. It's like, it's like a whale to us. Correct, yeah. Oh, and if the pond is in the... How big is this wall? How big is this compound? I, Well, I think it's big. They've got, like, orchards and gardens and stuff. What? Oh, boy. And there's, and there's, tr- there's trees that are, like, reaching... That are, like, the tops of the trees are getting to the tops of the abbey. This is, like... It's a big, th- it's a big thing. Luke. Luke. And maybe I'm completely dim and didn't realize this initially i was initially picturing an abbey that was built for like mouse-sized creatures is this like a human-sized abbey that they're living in it kind of seems like it especially considering that like a rat falls from the top of the wall and dies like right yeah i I feel like rats fall off of like pretty high things all the time and don't die so like is this a human-sized abbey that they're in? I think so. I mean, Whoa. I don't, I, I don't know if the like doors and that kind of thing are. I feel like that's probably unlikely. Can you imagine? But <laughs> guard the gatehouse. But like when they're talking about the one uh, sneaky rat that yeah, like shadow. climbs the wall. Uh huh. It seems like a big ordeal and it seems like no other rat can do it. If it's like if it's like a mouse-sized castle, it seems easy for a regular rat to do. But if it's a human-sized wall, I think that makes more sense. Oh my gosh. I think you're right, Luke. And this is like completely changed my whole perception of this because when I was a child and when I read this recently, I thought that they built it, and it had to be mouse-sized. Right. Right. Which if I, I... I mean, okay, so one of the books, I think, covers when 
Gridwall Abbey is building it. I, I feel like I remember the mice building it. But... I feel like I do too. But a lot of these details are making me think it had to be a person that made this. But they're, but they're also like shooting arrows down. And I feel like a person-sized wall would be tough for mice to, sh- to like aim arrows at. Right. And also it'd be, probably be tough for rats to like throw spears up that high. Right. So there's a... I'm still not sure. Okay. Uh, we got to look out for some more clues, I think, is the yep. important thing here. Look out for some more clues of how big this abbey actually is. Because, yeah, it's like, it could go either way. Honestly, I'm 50-50 now, whether or not it's human-sized or mouse-sized. Right, right. But, but, but okay, but back to the fish for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the, the chef seems to do a great job. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Phenomenal. Do, do they have a to like a oven that's built to accommodate Ooh, a giant these? fish i mean i guess so right how wasteful would that be though like most of the time you're not cooking up a whole fish right i, I it doesn't seem like it now i mean he is cooking for the whole abbey okay luke how big does that kitchen have to be let's think about this <laughs> let's think about this let's say you got a family of badgers that comes in to town, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, the amount of food and the size of food that you're feeding these badgers, massive compared to the mice food. Right. Which means if they want to accommodate that kind of a thing and have like feasts there all the time, this kitchen has to be huge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, like on a day-to-day basis, they're using maybe 10% of this kitchen to feed all the mice that live there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess this place is massive, so it's not like they're not really that concerned about their footprint on the land. But the, the, the like variation in who you have to cook for is pretty wide. Yes. I think that's the biggest thing that's like, oh, man. To be a good chef, can you imagine the the work that it takes to be a good chef in this universe, Luke? Yeah, yeah, it's tough. You're not cooking for the palate of mice. You're cooking for the palate of mole and mice and badger and vole and every other creature that might come mm-hmm. into your house. You're cooking for all of their flavor profiles. How do you even do that? also okay so so this is kind of a question that we talked about when we were talking about orconomics which is like i so so there's a i think her name is constance the badger uh-huh that's right because there's the, the range for like size of of animal and this is like i think mouse maybe on the small end badger on the big end mm-hmm. yeah let's say you're eating like fruit mm-hmm the mouse give me like one strawberry for the mouse and that's like my lunch Mm -hmm. whereas the badger a lot more yeah 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 yeah. it's like okay well this isn't really fair because like strawberries are really good and valuable and you just ate 15 of them see but luke i like struggled with one luke the problem is brian has solved the problem for us in this book Because it's clearly a communist agrarian society where they aren't paying for any of this. It's all just like right. everybody does what they can and gets what they need. Right. So like, yeah, sure, the badger eats 20 strawberries for lunch and I can barely finish one. But that's fine because the badger also is massive. And Ken is pulling the cart. <laughs> and is doing like a great job. She is. She is doing great. Super good. <laughs> Um, okay, one other one other scale thing mm-hmm. that is one of my favorite parts of this book so far is the method of travel for for a rat army. Yeah, let's talk about that. <laughs> Which is one hay wagon and one terrified horse. <laughs> there are five hundred rats in a wagon just being pulled very quickly (laughs) by a horse that is not having a good time correct yeah correct um the horse also seems like it doesn't talk 
which I'm trying to figure out where is the boundary of animals that can talk and not. Yeah. Because for a while I thought it was mammals, but like the rats don't convince the horse to take them where they want to go. They're not yelling at the horse like, do this or we'll, you know, bite you. They just are like treating it like a normal horse. Like they're treating it like a person would treat a horse. Yes. Like, what? Is it just that the horse is too big to be able to talk to these rats? What's happening here? <laughs> I do think that there's a uh, like, th- there's a limit. It seems where we've got we've got a ra- a size range with that has like human intellect. So like like we see a couple ants, uh huh, that are just ants, uh huh, and birds are also just they seem to be just birds. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay, sure, one of our people can talk to the birds. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's described them as, like, more violent, and they're not as, like, civilized, you could say. Right. Um, Snakes also seem to be able to talk. Yeah, but they also seem terrible. (laughs) They're terrifying. Um, there's, There's the horse that can't. I assume. And then we there's some mention of cattle. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That Clooney and his horde cause a stampede of. Um, so, yeah. It's, it's interesting, the limits here. It's interesting, for sure. Um, the other thing that we, we need to talk about with this, you brought up the horse cart. Mm-hmm. So there's people in this. Right, like who built the cart? Is that where you're getting to? No, like, do the people know? Like, do the people know that this this is happening with these small woodland creatures? Because if me, as a person, am taking my horse cart down the road and I see just a random abbey on the side of the road, let's, all right, let, for the moment, let's assume it's mouse-sized. If I see, like, a little mouse-sized abbey on the side of the road, I'm going to stop and be like, what's going on over here? <laughs> With, like, cultivated <laughs> orchards inside. Right. And, like, a variety of woodland creatures all running about doing jobs. I'm going to be like, am I high right now? Is this <laughs> is this what drugs is? Right. Now, if they're um, not, like, if they're not, even so, there's just a bunch of woodland creatures doing jobs in this abbey. Some human has got to notice at some point. Right. So, okay, so... Get, how do we know that there are humans? I mean, are we just assuming because there's a horse hooked up to a cart? That feels like the correct assumption to me. It feels like <laughs> enough info. Honestly. Like, how else did that horse get on the cart? Also, we hear that Clooney is a ship rat that, like, jumps from ships. Yeah, I don't think he's jumping from, like, ships of other woodland creatures. Like, it feels like he's jumping from big ships out in the ocean. Now. Right. Now, there is the potential here for a post-apocalyptic situation where it's like very Mm. recently the people have all died and maybe this horse has been hooked up to this cart for a little bit longer than it seems like maybe the horse has been hooked up to the cart like for several weeks after everybody's been dead and it's like desperately trying to get unhooked from this cart you know right okay 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 this is we're gonna get we're gonna get crazy here Oh, Luke, I take offense to that. Because, because how long do mice live? Oh, boy. I feel because, like... Okay, okay. Martin the Warrior, our, our, like, one of the co-founders and heroes of the original Redwall Abbey, is like a, a animal of legend. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how many generations... Of mice, that is yeah, probably a lot. Mm-hmm. Let's say let's say a hundred generations. Okay. How many years is that? Is your question? Yeah. I want to say fifty is like the upper limit. Fifty years. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. And then if I want to give like a realistic estimate here for how like in human years how long ago. Which we should also note, they have an indication for years in this, like the 
seasons of the acorn or the sweet chestnut or whatever. Right. But uh, if I'm here, let's do some. Oh, Luke, we might do some quick. I think we got to do some quick math. Okay. This is going to be a Dan does the math. Um, Okay. So let's say a mouse lives for like, I want to say three years is pushing it for a mouse. Like your average mouse. Because I think like the the gatekeeper, I think his name is Methuselah. Mm Mm-hmm has gotten more than this for sure. Like he's got at least, and he talks about something six years ago when yeah. he was like an adult mouse, I think. So he's at least at like eight. Right. But so he's he, ancient. He's ancient. Right? He's pushing it. He's like mixing up the abbots because he's seen so many. Yeah. And let's say like every year, I feel like there's got to be like three litters of mice a year. I feel like more actually. I feel mm-hmm. like mice reproduce very quickly, right? I think so. All right, let's say we get four generations of mice a year. That feels fine to me. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, but to be clear, is this... Because generations oh, are different from litters. I see what you're saying. Let's say two generations a year. So, so the mouse that was born in winter is having a, a, a child in summer, mm-hmm. is what this means. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's totally reasonable for mice, which means, Luke, that I feel like, mm, oh boy, I feel like ancient in our world is not, like, I feel like 100 generations is, like, super ancient in our world. I feel like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I feel like in our world, like, 20 generations is pretty old. Like, 20 generations yes. goes back pretty far in our world. Right. If we're, if we're like, 20, 20 years, let's say, is a generation. Mm-hmm. And so, like... Let's do some quick math. So, like, 20 generations for Martin the Warrior. We're getting two a year. This guy's not that <laughs> long ago. No, not at all. This is, like, 10 years ago that this happened. Oh, interesting but then okay 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 then we have to think about like where are the people do you think the people know about martin the warrior um i here's the i feel like there can't be people luke i feel like there can't be people because if there are people like this abbey is the one of the biggest tourist attractions in the freaking world right i'm like there Um, i'm I hear about this abbey and I'm like, yeah, I would like to go, please. Thank you. Take me to that cool mouse abbey. I want to watch what's going on. Right, right. Okay, let's, let's, I, I want to first acknowledge that it's a children's book. So no child is probably thinking and it's not like really meant to come under this type of scrutiny. But I think we need to go there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because we need a we need an explanation. I mean, I feel like there's just I was gonna say there there are people just somewhere else, but this also seems like such a good area that people would be here as well. Ooh, Luke, Luke, Luke. What about this? What if this is like an exclusion zone, like you know the like Chernobyl exclusion zone? Ooh. Mm-hmm. What if there is like some horrible environmental disaster that has happened in this area that is like not really visible to the woodland creatures but it has caused people to entirely leave the area no here okay similarly okay similarly let's go yep there's this disaster that has that has caused the anthropomorph wait does that work (laughs) no no no. (laughs) that has caused like the animals to be more sentient okay and the humans have roped this off as a, like, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Like a quarantine zone. Yes, but not necessarily for, like, danger, but as, like, a na- nature preser- preservation. Oh, you're, this is very optimistic of you, Luke. That yes, we would be yes. like, no, 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 we can't disturb these sentient little guys. Let They're building abbeys. Let them do their thing. Don't bother them. Or yeah, it's an experiment, they, actually. But they took my, big, they took a my large horse scale cart. experiment. Uh, ooh, also could and be. And there's, there's some researchers that are like, what are they going to do with a horse cart? Let's see. 
Let's introduce the, uh, the, the evilest rat we can find and see what happens. I think that's my vote. That, I think it's a research facility. This actually has the flavor of a 1960s rat experiment that was run somewhere in the world. Where they were like, what? extremely large scale. <laughs> extremely large scale. Not really going to teach us anything because you're not really doing much scientifically here. You're just kind of putting things together and seeing what happens. You're just kind of mixing up a bunch of animals and being like, what happens now? Huh? Right. Maybe this is like people. <laughs> Could learn a thing or two from the mice. <laughs> I'm not against it. I think there's good potential, actually. There's Poe here. Uh, I think we should mix these two a little bit. And here's how I want to mix it. Because otherwise you're going to have looky-loos and like people coming by to kind of break in. Mm -hmm. You're going to have the Truman Show issue. So I feel like we need to combine these where there is some kind of environmental hazard in this area. Uh, but also they've seen this is a great opportunity because you're going to get no people right. around. So they're taking right. advantage of it by introducing some crazy woodland creatures into this zone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it feels good. Let's keep a lookout for more clues about. Okay, this. that makes me feel that makes me feel better. I'm glad we did that. Yeah, because I was having trouble too. Like, like, does this abbey and these and these monks do they do they pray to mouse Jesus or human Jesus? Because that gives me a lot of trouble, and I'm having I don't know. I can, honestly right. can't tell. So there's a church of Saint Ninian. Mm hmm. And I want to hear a little bit more about St. Ninian. Right. And, and like, if there are mouse saints and mouse Jesus, like, should the people also be praying to the mouse Jesus and mouse saints? Ooh. Eh. Kind of. Uh, I mean, okay, for one thing, like, Mora and the Warrior seems like there's some real ghost action going on it 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 was giving me very like samuel vibes samuel and elijah vibes here with like calling out to matthias in the night and being like hey come help me bud right uh so it yeah very much saint like vibes here with martin um and it seems like they have power like they can affect things in the real world mm-hmm Maybe these mice are onto something here. <laughs> Completely agree, honestly. This whole Abbey's kind of making sense now. <laughs> it really is. They've got a good system, to be to be honest. Well, um, ah, we should talk about whether or not the system is good, Luke. Because what happens is, a rat takes a picture of Martin the Warrior out of the Abbey, and it seems like he is no longer his spirit is no longer protecting the Abbey anymore. Because he tells yes. Matthias, he's like, hey, don't let him take that picture of me. That Oh, don't let him take me. And they're all like, oh, we can't let him take that picture of Martin. Right. I I mean, it's it's a little bit hard to tell how much of it is like actual protection versus morale, right? Mm. Because the reason that Clooney takes it is, is a morale blow. If it's just morale, Luke. All right, great. Uh, let's get to work on a second one. Yeah, I remember really well what Martin looked like. I'm gonna just do I it feel, again. You're I feel like you're minimizing the effect of like cultural heirlooms here. I mean that might be true. That might be true. Uh I don't know though. If it's just about looking at the picture of him on the wall and being like, wow, that's Martin, then like yeah, just paint Martin another one. Good. Paint another one. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't even what he looked like totally. anyway. Totally agree. That's what I would say too for a lot of for a lot of important cultural things in our world. Just throw another one out. We've got we've got posters and prints left and right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um okay. Let's see. I'm trying to see where I want to go to from here. Luke, I kind of want to go somewhere related to the food again, though. And, and, oh, yeah. And that's people... For sure going to be a lot of... I want to go back to food. Uh, oh, boy. This is going to be a tough one, Luke. Oh, no. Where is the milk coming from? 
Because they have a lot of goat milk with stuff. And I'm trying to decide if they are milking a goat somewhere or if a goat is giving its milk somewhere. But that also seems like a horse situation where, like, I feel like the goats would be in the same position as the horse. And This is a toughie. Okay. Especially because in our world, to milk a goat, you have, like, a human hand that, like, squeezes the milk out into a bucket. There is no way in hell that these mice are able to do that same process with a goat udder. Right. So how are they getting goat milk? Is like the, is there some, is a baby goat so noble and pure that they're like getting milk out and then spitting it into a bucket so that these mice can have some for their (laughs) dinner? Uh, man, this is this is going to be harder to explain than the human one. Is there like a coordinated dance that these mice are able to do where they like hug each other across a goat nipple and like squeeze the milk out together in like a <laughs> elaborate like Transformers Voltron thing that they form? Right. Well, but then also, where is the goat? <laughs> It's got to be gotta... fresh. It's got, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> right. This is not. It's, here. it's right here. It's in the Abbey for sure. Um, plus, we've got to protect this goat at all costs because the value of a goat or a cow, cow even more so, very high. Okay. Okay, Luke. Luke, I think we need to get a little more exotic with our explanation for where the humans are because. Because here's the thing, if they're getting goat's milk, I think you could you could explain it as this is a human abbey, people are there, and they're just taking some of the extra food that's there. Okay, I love this explanation, because because that means there's a mouse and rat war happening, and the humans are like, what's going on? <laughs> and also the humans are not participating at all, right? Right. So we need to get more exotic with where the people are in this world. Perhaps, Luke, Mm -hmm. perhaps as a result of maybe a mad science experiment, the people were shunted to a different dimension. Ooh. But they occupy the same physical space, right? (laughs) So like people are going around doing stuff and like, there's just magically the goat milk is getting refilled in the bucket, but the mice don't realize how it's happening. But it's like people in an extra dimension that are doing stuff. They just also are not aware of the mice anymore that are doing their thing. So we're talking like two dimensions that are going in parallel and the, tracks. And, and like the connector is the bucket of goat's milk. Uh, maybe the connector is the abbey. Like, everything that happens in the Abbey happens both places. So, like, in the human world, like, they are losing some food to these animals that are taking it and eating it. And maybe as soon as it passes from the place that the human put it, as soon as one of these mice changes its location, then it disappears from the human dimension, right? It's been affected. Like, the Uh, wave function is collapsing because it's been observed by somebody in a different dimension, and okay. so, like, they're still losing some of this stuff. And they're like, where is it going? Oh, it must be mice. And they're, like, constantly trying to find the mice in this abbey. But they're just in a different dimension. And so that's why there's not this, like, communication that's happening between the two dimensions. Mm-hmm. Perhaps. Sure. Perhaps. And, like, the buddy on the horse cart is like, why is my cart suddenly freaking out? Like, what is going on? <laughs> Easy, Bessie. <laughs> Um, well, okay, okay. I think that I, if we're going to take this explanation, which I'm, I'm in favor of, Mm -hmm. um, I feel like there's probably this whole area, not just the Abbey is like this, but there are certain spots Mm -hmm. with like within the world that are connected. Okay. I do like this. Like there's points where there are, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's points where the dimensions. Yes, exactly. There's a few singularities in this world where the physical world of the people, the physical world of these animals is touching, but a lot of other places it's not that feels right. mm -hmm. So like, like the Abbey is one. 
Um, the place where Clooney caused the cattle stampede is another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I can't see there being a bunch of cows in a... Who's building way. a fence? Um, Who's building a fence for these cows? <laughs> so, yeah, this this feels right to me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was... Man, yeah. The, other, the, the only other thing is that if there's, like... If the goats are just small. But also, I feel like I would see, we would see the goat. Like, we'd have to see the goat. Right. They would have to show us that. Let's keep an eye out. Let's keep an eye out for a goat. For a little goat. Just a little guy. Yeah. And it's tough, too, because, like, one way that they could have done this was having it be, like, mouse milk. But for some reason, that's just gross, right? That is gross. It yeah. feel, I mean, it shouldn't be, but it just feels kind of gross if they're, like, having mouse milk with their dinner as mice. You know, and like, right. honestly, that's the most the reasonable kind of milk for any of them to be drinking. But for some reason, it just feels weird for them to also be having mouse milk at dinner. Maybe that. OK, so maybe they're maybe it's all um, maybe it is mouse milk. And they're like, we got to call this goat milk or it's weird. <laughs> OK, a lot of possible explanations here for what's going on. I this one makes me the most comfortable, actually. Which one? The mouse milk thing. I, okay. I'm most in favor of this being the explanation is it is mouse milk. And they just are like, we can't call this mouse milk. Nobody will drink it. Here's, right. Here's the, the, youngins, the youngins think it's goat milk. But then once you become an elder, that's one of the secrets you become privy to. In the basement, they have just like a bunch of... It's like Mad Max where they just have a bunch of lady mice in the basement that are constantly being milked for their feasts. <laughs> I don't love that, it's but sure. Kind of dark, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's okay. So, uh, moving on from the logistics of food, um, has the food lived up to your expectations? I believe it has. I think so too, um, and I think the beverages actually have exceeded my expectations. I always remember the beverages as being fantastic and delightful. I agree. I didn't remember how much beer there was. Honestly. Okay, this we do need to talk about, though. Again, for a kid's book, th- these parties are kind of lit, no? I, yeah, I mean, like, for sure. Like, these critters are getting wasted at these Like, the, the, the porcupine or whatever he was comes in and... S- Spike. Just Spike comes Spike. in and is like, I need beer. Beer me, bro. He comes in and is like, beer me. Yeah. Fantastic. A keg of ale. And the ales all sound great, honestly. They do sound very good. Very good local. It's nice to have a local brewery, right? Right. That you can enjoy. And there's like so much alcohol. Mm -hmm. They have like the whole cellar full of alcohol. And it's full. Different wines. Um, They've got cordial. What is cordial, by the way? I was assuming it was kind of a wine, maybe. I feel like that sounds right, but I don't know. I, but I feel like I feel like the youngins are having some of the... I feel like it's... Is it a juice? I don't know. I mean, maybe they're just like... Maybe there's... <laughs> maybe there's no drinking age in this Abbey. It's just kind of like... Right. It's just kind of like, eh, you're old enough. You're not drinking... Mu- you're not drinking goat's milk solely anymore, so you can have some beer. Why not? There's there's not enough time for their livers to go bad, right? Yeah, that's the so last of their issues. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the food the food has been great so far. Mm-hmm. The, I'm still on the lookout for my scones. The one thing I'm concerned about, Luke, they have nut bread okay. quite a bit. Yeah, I I, I, say, I say concerned. Do you know what this is? I have no idea what nut bread is. I, I'm not sure whether it's like bread just with nuts in it or if it's bread made with like almond flour. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. I also am not quite sure. I've never heard of this before. Th- that's the other thing about this food in this book. I think it's, it's very different. Like this is a lot of food that I'm not familiar with that I'm like, ooh, what is that? Some of the choices are also a little bit interesting. Like when they describe how he cooks the fish, it's with like cream right right and like i don't maybe that's good it's kind of an interesting choice i don't know it's like boiled in cream which mm, i don't know not a very modern way of cooking that fish very 70s 
<laughs> but it still right. sounds delightful. Right. They all love it. They do love it. Uh, very tender. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> Can okay, I I think we need to cover all of the food stuff right now. I this takes us cl- kind of to the end. Um, but I think it's a good transition out of food stuff. Can we can we leave okay. food stuff behind, or do you have anything else about the food? I, I I want to be clear that we're going to be talking more about food in future episodes. Oh, one thousand percent, we will. I just mean for today because we've spent about half the episode sure. so far talking about the food. Yeah. Okay. The very end of this book, our boy, our main character, Matthias. Or Math- uh-huh. Methuselah, or whatever you want to say his name. I want to say Matthias. I've been doing Matthias, but but either one. All right. He has just rescued this family of voles from this church, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh no, they've marched on Redwall. That's why they're not there." And he's like, "I better go back." He's on his way back, and then he's like, mm, "I am getting a little hungry though." And our boy, who is like the lead defender of this abbey that everybody has acknowledged has acknowledged is the leader is like, I could stop for a little snack and a light doze. (laughs) I'm conflicted about this, Luke. I'm really conflicted because on the one hand, what the fuck are you doing? There's a war going on. You need to get back to the abbey. But on the other hand, I mean, he's respecting his body and knowing what he needs, right? He's saying right, like, you, gotta, you, you do need to listen to your body. He's like, I understand there are pressures on me for my job and my role, but also my body has pressures and I want to make sure that I'm listening to those too. And he's like, and my body right, wants like I'm, a snack. I'm, I'm going to be much more effective if I, if, I, if I respect myself in this way. And not even effectiveness, just like, caring about your yourself as a being as well aside mm-hmm. from your work just mm-hmm. like yeah you know i'm a mouse and i deserve to eat food too like sure i'm busy but that doesn't mean that my body has to take the back seat here in this situation you gotta have a work-life balance it's key it's for key sh- for sure and so i'm for struggling sure. with where to come down with with matthias here about his choice to take a a light like a lunch siesta one thing that I'll say that I think Brian does well is um, mice love an outdoor afternoon doze oh, in the sun. Absolutely love it. Yeah. Everybody, everybody knows that. Like for me personally, I'm going to really struggle to like fall asleep in the sun, in the grass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like, I'm not going to enjoy that nap. I'm going to w- wake up sweaty. Right, it's kind of itchy, and then you're going to get burned. You know you're going to get burned. Right. Whereas mice, on the other hand, very susceptible to an afternoon doze in the sun. Well, uh, I mean, this is assuming that Hawk hasn't come around yet. Right. I feel like there's, or Owl, or like any of the other things that want to come eat mouse, which are a lot of things, I think. Badger, if they're in a bad mood. Or this army of rats, you know? Like, you remember that yeah. army of rats that he was <laughs> he was going to... I do recall. Fight. I feel, like, I feel <laughs> like they would love to stumble upon this little guy. So... I mean, it's, t- it's, t- it's tough out there, you know? They're little mice. They don't have a ton of energy. Mm, that's a fair point. Yeah. I imagine they do have to sleep pretty frequently. Like... For example, this is going completely off the rails, but I think for a large creature like you or I, we can go for a longer period of time without sleeping because we have a longer Mm -hmm. life, right? So, like, if I go a night without sleeping, it's, like, in the grand scheme of things, percentage-wise of my sleep time, that's not that much. Mm -hmm. But it Mm -hmm. sounds like Matthijs hasn't slept all night percent of sleep percent of total sleep time for this mouse for a all-nighter oh that's a lot we're talking a lot of sleep he's missing out on that might be like a week for us yeah i mean i it's he doesn't seem that sleep like tired (laughs) before the nap (laughs) Um, correct yeah but maybe that's willpower Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that I also am, am curious about are the like nutritional needs of mice. Mm. You know, like, like what does a balanced breakfast look like for a mouse? Is that what you're saying? Right, and, and it's like, if if I'm looking at me as a human, I'm looking at like, I want to aim for you know fifty percent carbs, thirty percent protein, twenty percent fat, something like that. Sure. Is it is it a similar ratio? For my, at, at this Redwall Abbey, are we, are we like optimizing for energy? Mm, that's a good question. I feel like the chef here has been trained classically for like culinary flavor, and right. I feel like within that there is some understanding for like nutrition, but it's not like nearly. It's not a focus. They probably don't even mention it. They probably don't explicitly right. talk about it. It's just like the general vibe when you're creating a menu is you have to have these kind of things in it. I feel like I feel like Matthias is getting a lot more um like fat and protein and not enough carbs for his energy needs. Okay. You know, a lot of nuts. Mm-hmm. A lot of goat's milk. Um where's the grains? Where's the rice? Right. Ooh. Could be. Although they are eating a lot of fruit, Luke. We should give them credit for the fresh fruit that they're getting sure (laughs) it's a good question luke it's a really good question oh what are the macros brian what are the macros for these mice he did get his omega-3s from the fish which is good it's great yeah yeah it's really good yeah i don't know man (laughs) i don't know and especially now that they're lifting like they probably have to adjust their macro profile right right oof you gotta you you need your rest to keep your gains, right? Right. Sleep after big. working with a stave. It's true. That's true. I don't. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. We've yet to see dietitian mouse or nutritionist mouse come in. <laughs> right. I also feel like it's a little bit. There are some mice or other animals that are getting overlooked in the leadership here. Like we're putting Matthias in charge of a lot. Mm-hmm. And like there were two two brother mice that seemed that are described as like very mature and like good and they like hold the gatehouse and handle themselves really well. I feel like I want them I mean Matthias seems to be like very creative and has good ideas. Um, but I don't know why he's like in charge of training. Luke, do you think this is perhaps a simulation that's gone wrong? Okay. okay. Expand on that a little bit. Okay. Okay. Luke, how does this book start? Very first chapter, very first like thing that happens in the book. The first scene. Do you remember? Um, the one that I'm thinking of is, is Matthias tripping over his sandals. Yeah. That's how the book starts. And the abbot's like, man, that kid, we got to really, this kid needs. He calls, him a, he calls him a young buffoon of a mouse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I was very, I, I enjoyed that turn of phrase. He's like, Matthias really needs something to get him like that confidence up. We need like a training. Mm. We need this kid to like really step into his maturity a little bit. We need him to like grow okay. up. And so... The abbot was like, hmm, well, he likes fighting. He's really into fighting. He's been playing a lot of Elden Ring. And mm-hmm. I think what if we made like a fake fight for him to lead? And then he could get some like experience leading people. Okay. And like he got the whole abbey in on it. And he was like, hey, guys, you remember how we, we talk about Clooney as this like this like scary figure that's going to come attack us all the time? What if what if he did attack us to let Matthias like take a leadership role in the abbey? And they were like, "Okay, who do you have in mind?" He's like, "There's this rat that has like one eye that lives down the road, and I feel like he would be great for the role." Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, "Okay, he does seem a little unstable, <laughs> but if you think if he, I mean you're the abbot, if you think he can do it." And it'll be good for Matthias. Like I say, go for it. And the 
So the abbot then goes to this rat and is like, hey, you want to be Clooney? And the rat's like, oh, of course I want to be Clooney. It sounds tight. <laughs> but he just he's taken his role too far. He has taken his role a little bit too far. Um, I mean, I think that's definitely in the cards. Because why is otherwise, why is this mouse leading everybody? Can, also, can we get him some new sandals? Oh, please. It shouldn't be hard, especially, okay, if these sandals are too big, that's the easy one to fix. Right. There's too much material. Let me get a pair of scissors and I'll make those, like, perfect for you, my boy. Yeah. Like, too small, that's another issue. Like, then we've got to figure out how to trade up with somebody else to get the right size. Well, how fast do mice grow? Mm, That's a great question. Because, like, the abbot says this a couple times. He's like, I got to get that guy some, some... new shoes or is it like eh they'll fit tomorrow give it a week and he's gonna be loving those shoes and so like maybe ha- if if Clooney has doesn't attack oh. it's fine oh, but he's gonna grow into him right man a lot of questions about mice we have a lot of mice questions <laughs> this episode I'm, I'm learning a lot about mice I'd like to learn more yeah yeah I'm sure it's all accurate too for sure. Right. 100%. They like wear shoes and robes and things. Yeah, it's cool stuff. It's cool stuff. They um, love those. Yep. Can we talk about a scene that I loved in this book more oh, yeah. than I thought I would? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Constance and Matthias show up after seeing these rats. And they're like, they show up to the elders and they're like, hey, we just saw a bunch of rats in a cart. And they looked bad. And all the elders immediately were like, oh, what is this racist bullshit you're coming at us with? (laughs) Like, forget you and your, like, rats have to be bad thing. Come on. Get out of here. I love that they're pushing back against Constance being like, we saw a bunch of rats in the back of a hay cart, so uh, it might be a dangerous neighborhood. And all these, all the elders are like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> Granted, their like, resistance doesn't hold up for very long because Matthias is like, no, these are the most evil looking rats I've ever seen in my life. And suddenly they're like, oh, well, hold on. <laughs> you said they looked evil. Right. Uh, to be fair, they're all they all have weapons and stuff. <laughs> sure, that's for self protection, Luke. It's a dangerous world sure. out there. <laughs> it is. <laughs> um no, I love I love this too, actually. Yeah. Um and like when the when the there's a there's one of the rats that comes up to like scout and asks for help. And they're like, Yeah, I mean, just leave your weapons behind and we'll give you some help. Right, right. Which, I mean, makes a lot of sense here when you're just dealing with a bunch of woodland creatures. And like, yeah, of course, of course, the way that these creatures look would have no bearing on their behavior at all. Right. Sure. That makes a lot of sense. There does, they all, they do like immediately ask what kind of rat, though. (laughs) You're right. They do get a little. They're like, be specific. What kind of music were the rats listening to? <laughs> they had you said tattoos? Oh, uh-oh. I don't like I don't love tattoos. I don't like it. This neighborhood might be going to shit actually. <laughs> um, okay, can I say um a scene that I really enjoyed? Oh, I would love to hear a scene you enjoyed, yeah. Um the one of the characters that we haven't talked about yet, my guy uh Basil Oh, I fucking love Basil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hairs, I remember from these books, always some of the best. Top tier. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so I'm really excited to hear more about Basil. He's getting some kicks in. He's incredible. (laughs) He's incredible. He's like a ninja. All right? Right, right. (laughs) He's sneaky. He's lanky. Um, Yeah. He's my he's he's who we're looking out for. I I, think, I for agree. I'm super excited to get more basil. Um Luke, how do we feel about the accents that each kind of species has? It seems like mice are neutral. 
I feel like moles have a very particular way of speaking and spike i think ambrose spike has a accent that's written yeah and i i feel like basil might have an accent as well yeah i think that they do moles definitely have the biggest accent and i i do think that harris might be number two okay yeah yeah or i don't know if accent's the right word just a way of a way of speaking that's true it is a way of speaking an accent is like definitely like when i pronounce it though it feels like an accent to me you know what i mean like when i hear it Mm -hmm. and when i read it it feels like an accent i feel like we're gonna get some some good what wats you know i miss those we might we very well might um yeah okay i i will say the mole accent was tough for me for a while the mole way of speaking was tough initially mm-hmm. you're I, out of practice i am out of practice but i think i figured it out no okay um ooh. luke we've gotten this whole time without talking strategy okay can we talk a little strategy for a minute strategy like for this battle you mean for the siege yeah uh-huh okay so Ambrose Spike is like out in the middle of the field and they're like, we gotta save him, help us. And the moles are like, oh, we got it. We'll just go dig out there and bring him back. Mm -hmm. Tell me, in my mind, this took like an hour tops. Yeah. Okay. So these moles dug a tunnel, a fortified tunnel underneath Redwall to go collect Ambrose and then brought him back. I feel like the distance that we're dealing with here is like, it's not close to the walls. It's like pretty far out to go. Well, right. Cause they have to, I mean, the fact that they had to do this made it seem like the, it was closer to whatever hiding spots outside of the Abbey than the actual Abbey itself. Correct. So that to me is indicating that these moles can dig pretty quickly. Right. What, why are we just burying all these rats alive? All right, moles, here's the plan. You're just going to dig a big hole under where the rats are. And then we're going to have like, I don't know, like a rope tied to a stick that is holding the whole thing up. And then I'll pull the rope and then we'll just like bury them all underground. Okay. What? Why not? We're underutilizing the moles, I think. I think that that, uh, yeah, I mean... There's a lot of uses for this, I think. I mean, for one thing, why do why why don't we have a moat? You gotta have a moat. Uh, there is a ditch. Yeah, but I think that's along the path. It is along the path. Yeah, yeah. Um, here's the other thing, Luke. If there are moles that can dig tunnels this quickly and efficiently, why don't we have tunnels going everywhere? Yes, this is the big one. Like, I would love. To have a tunnel going from the abbey to that like church where the church mouse mice live. And then if it's like stormy or it's like really cold outside, you just take the tunnel and then it's like comfortable the whole time. So it depends a little bit here on how worried the Redwall folks are about like invasion. Which I assume it seems like not very. It seems like not at all. Right. Um but, like, it, it is an area of vulnerability. Okay. Okay. I think this is fair. Here's the other issue with it. This is assuming you're always going to have the moles on your side, right? Mm. But let's say mm-hmm. the moles are like, you know what? We're tired of eating just worms because you only give us worms <laughs> at the feast, and it's kind of annoying. Uh, it's very rude. I want milk. And the rats promised me I'd get to drink the milk if I joined them. So I'm joining them, and we'll see you inside, because, like, you can't keep us out. Right. Because, yeah, then the moles gain a lot of political power. Oh, it's it's massive. Like, this wall, we've already seen it. They just dug under the wall, no problem. Yeah. It's not yeah. a barrier to them. Ooh. The mole endorsement is very important. This is the this is what all of their policy is about, is how do we keep the moles happy? Because as soon as we lose the mole vote, it's over. The moles the moles offensively very dangerous. Um 
Right. I mean, okay, you've got the moles, also badgers, for sure. Granted, mm-hmm. there's only one of them, but very important. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's definitely those two and then a big gap. Huge gap, yeah. Absolutely massive gap to the, all the mice that are left. You know what? Not even the mice. The otters come before the mice. Otter, oh, otters are for sure ahead of... Mice are very low, I think. <laughs> mice are... A, for mice, it's a numbers game. Right. Yeah. Well, also, they seem to have the knowledge about how to heal people, so they're kind of like the gnomes in Sword of Shannara. You know? Right, those... The one group of gnomes. That sure. one gnomes, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, bi- it's a big tent mm-hmm. party. Mm-hmm. I want to see more of the... What, 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 what bad guy group has like more special skills right Mm. just like rats or kind of just like bigger mice (laughs) right sure sure it seems like the the ferrets can climb pretty well Mm -hmm. i think weasels are also but i don't know the difference between a ferret and a weasel i don't really either Um, well okay snakes if they could get organized might have a pretty good thing to say here that's true but I don't know if they're going to be able to get organized or not. <laughs> Snakes are tough. Um, the the hawks, for sure. They're off the political spectrum, I think. <laughs> they're too extreme for anybody to want them in their coalition. <laughs> That's fair. We've been saying that for years, that hawks are like way too far gone. No, you can't work with hawks. <laughs> you never know. Oh, man. Well, we'll see. I I have some memories about this book, but honestly, I I thought by this point they would have already broken into Redwall and be, like, conquering it. And so right. I I clearly, like, don't really know what's going to happen. Like, like, I know I actually remember very vividly how this book ends, uh, but everything in the middle is very fuzzy to me. So it looks like, based on the title of the next book, it's we're, we're looking for the sword. Yes. Yes. I, I think that's true. Which, good news, it's only been like a couple years, so it's not rusted away yet. Right. Right. And it's probably pretty close by. So. Can't that's take nice. We're going to take next week off. Luke, mm-hmm. Luke and I are taking vacation. So. You all, that's you know right. what? You all should take a vacation too. Treat yourselves. <laughs> take a break. Exactly. Have a nice week. We'll see you. You've in... earned it. You have earned it. Absolutely. All of y'all. So take a week, just like we're going to do. And we'll see you in two weeks with book two of Redwall. Mm-hmm. We'll be bringing hot takes and being dumb nerds. Mm-hmm.